How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, how so? Get a little fresh, add some steam, sizzle and spice. <laughs> Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp. Or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye. Or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy. I am your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by... Michael Dell of the LCS Hockey Radio Show. That's right, and it's your pick this week, so I'm going to let you do the honors of introducing the book and our special guest. Yes, uh, this week we are reading Marvel 2-in-1 Annual Number 7 from 1982, starring The Thing and a whole cast of uh, strong superheroes versus the champion of the universe and they compete in a boxing match or a <laughs> series of boxing matches and i actually know a real life boxer michael oh really and who might that be miles watson Woo! our old buddy author and rack really? on tour miles watson rack here he on is. tour i knew you were gonna say <laughs> i knew he was gonna say rack on tour <laughs> so miles watson uh, welcome back to, to the say- video Thank you very much, Mike Al and Mike Dell. I just wanted to say, clarify a couple points. Uh, first point is that my main status on the show is a warm body. Yes, that's true. I am brought in <laughs> as a placeholder. Yep. Let's, let's Whenever be Kevin real. Jank cancels, we bring you in. That's right. That's right. Whenever they don't want Kevin Jank, they're like, <laughs> let's ask that wino, schizophrenic, mumbling guy who throws bottles of urine at people on the street corner. And if he <laughs> says no, Miles Watson, <laughs> raconteur. Is selected. You, you, are, you are a pugilist, though, Miles Watson. You've trained boxing. You've had some amateur rounds, right? Yeah, I've been beaten up by uh, countless different people <laughs> in various martial arts styles. I've been beaten up by boxers, Taekwondo martial artists. Yeah, that's um, why. I, that's why I picked Thai, this one. Yeah, because Fu, yeah, you name it. We were talking earlier. You you mentioned a uh, Marvel two in one featuring the Thing and the Hulk. They're fighting in like Burbank, and you said you like That's lived right. in that na- neighborhood. So I was going I to do that issue, and I looked flipped through. It looks pretty terrible though. So I'm like, all right, let's not do that one. So I, I, I found this one instead. How how do you feel about well, that? I story? won't. I won't uh, comment on uh, your commentary of of my. Uh, my potential selection. But I will say this, uh, growing up, my very short list of favorite, favorite comic book characters would have included both the thing and Thor. Oh, so yeah, I was a, I was a Thor fan from way back. In fact, a few years ago, my brother bought me this, um, like a bust almost of Thor, but it's the old school Thor you see in this comic, the score, the Thor with the blue, black and red and gold, outfit it's the old school thor um he bought me a thing of it because he remembered from you know when we were kids you know different people had different you know spider-man or whatever thor was actually one of my favorites i felt that he was very underrated because also nobody ever really talked about how powerful he was he could fight the hulk you know kind of on even terms and all that because he's a god um so i felt like uh i always felt thor was a was an uh, an underrated character from this universe yeah the, this issue has uh the thor 
has Colossus, Sasquatch from Alpha Flight, Wonder Man, Namor, and the Hulk all uh, boxing it up with the champion of the universe. Um, what else did I want to ask about uh, there, Miles? Well, oh, you said you liked The Thing. But what is it about The Thing you enjoyed? I liked The Thing because he was different. You know, uh, most of the... Marvel had a little bit edgier characters, obviously, than DC, generally speaking. They were a little less Dudley Do-Right. This is just my personal opinion. Um, you had a little more flexibility with some of the, the way the characters were, were composed. I always liked that the thing drank beer. He smoked giant cigars. His English was terrible. Uh, he was one of those guys that, that, you know, he just he was just like kind of a beer-drinking, hamburger-eating that you couldn't curse, but he kind of cursed, you know, he did the, he did the fake comic book cursing. Like they, they gave it the impression that he was kind of cursing and talking trash all the time. And he had, he took irrational dislikes to things and he was kind of a smart ass and he was mean sometimes. And he was, he looked a crusty, he was like yeah. Archie Bunker. If you gave him superpowers. <laughs> yeah. He's cranky. Mm -hmm. That thing guy's always cranky. And, uh, so hey, let me ask you this, Miles, since I'm a fan of the thing, Growing up, I always thought the thing was just made out of orange rocks. I thought that's what I thought that's yeah. what the deal was, made out of orange rocks. But it seems like the more I learn about the thing, that he just has a coating of orange rocks, and underneath he's like a, a fleshy human body. That's disgusting. Yeah, but, it, <laughs> but Mike L, isn't what we, that what we've realized? I believe that's what we've learned. Yes, they might have changed that in recent years, but at this point in Marvel history, that is, I believe, what it's supposed to be. Yes. Yeah, I don't like that. Wait, I like so him with big, solid orange rocks. Yeah. He's he's a person underneath that. I think so. Like the because even in this issue, it like alludes to him like give, having bones broken and everything. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, like I, mean, it, I guess that makes sense. He'd have to have organs and everything. I never thought about it in that sense, but hmm. at, at one That's, point later on, many years later, Wolverine cuts him across the face, and there's like uh, underneath, there's like a pulpy flesh. It's not like rock. So interesting. I don't yeah. think in all the scheming that I ever did, uh, a, you know, all the, all the sort of things you do as a kid thinking about your superheroes. I don't know that I ever thought about that. Yeah. I knew I was blown Beyond the fact that obviously that. he's alive. He's yeah. alive. So he has, you know, he has some things sufficient to keep him alive as a human, you know, as a creature, he eats, he drinks, uh, he smokes. <laughs> but I guess I just assumed drink, that was all rock beer based. Like everything in his body turned into like living rock. That's what I thought too, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought he was like all his organs were rock and like he was pumping, yeah. you know, some rock like sludge's blood. I never <laughs> thought of it as like he's a, to the extent I thought of this at all, that's disturbing. That's, uh, that's yeah. kind of disgusting. I had that same uh, wake up call there uh, not too long ago on this show and we first realized that. But, uh, all right, at least that wasn't the only one. He thought he's solid rock. Yeah, this issue is uh, Marvel 2-in-1, annual number 7. And Marvel 2-in-1 was a book that ran from 1974 to 1983. It lasted 100 issues and 7 annuals. And basically it featured The Thing teaming up with another Marvel hero. Right, Michael? Yes, just like Marvel team-up with Spider-Man teaming up with another hero. And when this book ended in 1983, they immediately replaced it with the Thing's ongoing series, which right. we reviewed one of those issues on here not too long ago. Yeah. Hey, in that issue, he was a pro wrestler. Remember that? Yes. 
And <laughs> this one, he's a boxer. So I like this thing guy. Yeah. Uh, the creators here are Tom DeFalco is the writer and Ron Wilson is the artist. We've talked about both these fellows before in the past. Miles um, Watson, I think uh, we did that what if issue of Conan and uh, was that Thor? Conan and Thor? We did. Yeah, I think so. it was a what if of Conan and Thor. One of my favorites. I, an excellent comic. Yeah, and Ron Wilson was the artist in that one. I think that's when we first talked about him. And, of course, Michael Tom DeFalco, he uh, would later become editor-in-chief, right? Absolutely, yep. Uh, anything else you want to say about Marvel 2-in-1, Michael? That you like to tell the kids? Uh, only that I've read only a few issues, but I was surprised how much I enjoyed them. They're pretty good. Yeah, it seems, it seems fun. Also, I like that we're doing an annual. Uh, we really uh, need to do more annuals, Michael, because they seem to have crazy stories, these annuals. Well, yes, but when you get into the late 80s, they get really bad. Like, when yeah. you get into, like, uh, Evolutionary War and Atlantis Attacks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those are terrible. I mean, yeah. let's go 70s annuals, maybe. Sure, yeah. All right, so uh, here we go, Michael. Let's look at the big book here. <laughs> okay, one second here. Uh, i got to click to the beginning because I was at the end. Uh, so here we go. I'm not going to read it backwards, Michael. What are you doing? Yeah. I was uh, I was reacquainting myself with the story before we started. <laughs> oh, so you never read it? Is that what you're telling? Oh, I've not only have I read it, I've read it twice because I've already reviewed this comic. Remember? Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, we'll talk when about that. When we get that. there, so absurd. So hey, Marvel. Uh, well, uh, well, Miles Watson. Let me just say this. Uh, so uh, for those that don't know, Mike Gale does another podcast called uh, "Here Comes the Spider Cast," and that's the he, full title, yes. Yeah, him and his pals they review like three issues of Spider Man every week. And they go through and they review every appearance of Spider-Man from what year, Michael? Uh, 19, well, uh, basically 80 to 89. 80 to 89. And if Spider-Man appears in a comic book, they have to review it. Yes. So, Miles Watson, as someone who has read this book that we're doing here today, can you think of any reason why Michael would review this book on Here Comes the Spider-Cast? All right, let me give me, <laughs> give me a second. <laughs> like do you remember spider-man being in this book at all no i do not but i'm yeah. trying to think of a connection well, well here's the thing. there is one i found one but it's ridiculous is what can it is. i say i've okay. read it twice and i can't find any connection <laughs> okay well i you really so you, i'm gonna i'm gonna inform you of why you read this on here comes this okay tell me why well, when we get there, I'll, uh, okay, I'll okay. point it out. Because just for the record, I also used to do a uh, podcast called Quasar Quinology, and we had <laughs> yes. to review every appearance of Quas Quasar in the Marvel Universe. And one <laughs> of the one of the stories was, I think it was an uh, issue of the Hulk, and I gave it to a friend of mine, and she read it, and she's like, okay, this is good, but where's Quasar? Well, I was like, you know what? I didn't even notice, so I had to go back and look at every panel. <laughs> you can see his wrist in one panel. <laughs> yeah. Well, we you're, been, to read it. you're getting even more ridiculous than that in this one. If you all read right. this as a qualifying Spider-Man comic book, yeah, it's a problem. But all right, anyway, let's go. Let's look at the cover, Mike. I'll describe okay, the cover. Okay, here we go. Marvel 2-in-1 Annual starring The Thing. we got the classic Thing logo. On the left, we have the awesome shot of The Thing's face. Twice as many pages, twice as many thrills. And then we have uh, one of my favorite little, uh, you know, Stan Lee-esque titles here, and they shall call him Champion. And we see this nice little kind of like pinup shot of the Thing, Colossus, Sasquatch, Thor, Wonder Man, um, Hulk, and Submariner. All kind of like looking at the reader, like, you know, posing, getting ready for a, a boxing match. It's really cool. 
But the thing is dressed for a boxing match. He's yes. got his uh, boxing boots, boxing, his Everlast trunks, right. and his boxing gloves on, and he's hunkered down in a fighting stance. Everyone else is in their normal superhero get-ups. Uh, Miles, what do you think of this cover? I, I think it's pretty pretty nice. Right? It's good. I wasn't, you know, annihilated uh, by it, like as, as, yeah. as we've been by some. Um, I, I liked... No, I take it back. I do like the cover. Yeah, I thought it was go. a little crowded when I first saw it. I really like the colors. Uh, I like the thing in his Everlast trunks. I don't know if you noticed, yeah. but he's actually wearing Everlast trunks. Yeah, uh, that's trunks. why it's awesome. And, of course, his slightly extra-large boots, uh, boxing shoes, rather. Yeah. Um, you have really beautiful colors here where they, especially with the thing, they do a really rich tone to his, yeah, you know how that. he's normally done in a monocolor? Um, they usually do him in kind of a mustard. I don't know what's that called, like a tan lion's mane. I don't know what color the thing really is, but in this, they're bringing out some really rich, warm colors, oranges in him that that are nice to look at. And, um, that the Canadian Sasquatch. Yeah. The big old Sasquatch. And and let's, let's typical of Canada to recruit Sasquatch (laughs) as a, as one of their agents. Uh, he, you know, he's towering over everybody. I had no idea he was that size. He's enormous. He's bigger than the Hulk, but mm-hmm. you've got a lot of nice color here. Uh, you've got the greens, you've got these warm oranges, you've got Colossus who's, you know, blue silver. There's, there's a nice, nice play of color here. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, uh, it's kind of simple. Color I, I, I would have nice preferred a different, I would have preferred like a, a, maybe a better composition of the characters. Like, I don't even know if Sasquatch needs to be taking out that much room. Like I might've put him in the back. You know, like he's in he's in front of like Wonder Man. You can barely see him, just a little head there, and anymore. But I just like the concept of the cover. All the guys standing there looking at the mm-hmm, camera there, mm-hmm. and uh, the thing in his boxing outfit. That's what I enjoy about it. I think it's a really good composition. The only thing is, is I don't. Uh, it's inked by Frank Giacoya, who's actually a really good inker. But this issue has like six credited inkers, which we'll oh, talk wow. about. Yeah, I mean, it's inconsistent, but I think the co- the inks on this cover are a little bit too thick, but the actual pencils are great. Yeah, this is uh, drawn by Ron Wilson as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right, so then we uh, open up the book here. <laughs> right. And, hey, there's so, a Cracker Jack ad. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so then we, so we jump in, and it's kind of one of those fake-outs where it looks like the thing is in the middle of an action scene, but he's actually just posing for Alicia Masters who is yeah. creating a little sculpture, a little mini sculpture of him. And Alicia Masters is his girlfriend, right? His, his blind, blind girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the intro, Stan Lee presents the greatest uh, super fight of all, and they shall call him champion. But here, all right, so, so Thing is in his Fantastic Four outfit, his little blue underpants, and he's standing on top of a podium there for Alicia as a model. She's making a clay statue of him. And in the background, you can see a clay statue of the Hulk. And it looks like Iron Man down there between his legs. Uh, but uh, here, here's my deal. You know, she's blind, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, she's like I, feeling his leg as she's modeling the clay. Right. But, but I mean, the thing, you can relax the arms is what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. He doesn't have to have that expression on his face the whole time. She can't see it, you know? You Just know what's another... You know, it's another weird thing is the fact when you pointed out now that the thing is only rocky orange on the outside, he technically does lose a finger because he's only got 
four that fingers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is yeah. weird. Which is oh, I saw Terry. All right, you brought it up, Micah, but I saw uh, a ridiculously awful video this week of a hockey coach. Uh, he uh, he was getting down off the bench, like he put his hand on top of the plexiglass, and his wedding ring got caught on the plexiglass. Oh no! And when okay. he dropped down, his finger just popped up into the air and just no. Yeah, it just flipped right off his hand. Oh, like, what the fuck? So yeah, I, yeah. I didn't mean to bring that up, but you know, you mentioned the disappearing finger. Maybe sure. that's what happened. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. So anyway, so Alicia <laughs> Masters is um, uh, sculpting the thing, and they're you know the usual yeah. time, huh? Here's another thing. I got a, another thing okay. about this sculpting. I'm very fired up about this, Miles Watson. But the thing is standing on a podium. Ooh. How, Alicia's yeah. a small woman. Like, you know, how is, she can reach higher than, like, his knee. So do you Good think... Good point. Good point. Uh, like, do you think Thing is just staying on that podium just for a way to get her to reach somewhere else? You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just trying to, like, hey, look at this. You know? Um, wow. <laughs> Your mind went in a direction there that... I don't know that my mind ever would have gone. Like, she's not going to be able to touch like him that? above the waist, is what I'm saying. Because he's standing on this podium, you know? So uh, clearly the thing is standing on a podium to put his uh, junk right in her face. So, hey, rub this away. That's what he's thing? doing. Yeah, that's what he's doing. But anyway. All right, I'm sorry. I'll quit interrupting, Michael. Go ahead. All right, all right. Back to the comic. So we got some, you know, pretty entertaining dialogues. Tom DeFalco is actually pretty good at doing Stanley-esque dialogue. So I'm always a fan of his stuff, you know. But anyway, so they're, uh, they're like... Um, just joking around, and then um, she makes a uh, a statue or a sculpture of Ultron, and he makes a little quip about it. But then all of a sudden, there's a flash of light in the air, and the thing gets knocked off the podium, right? And he's like, "What the hell? What's going on here?" He's like, "Yikes! That unexpected flash knocked me off of my pins." <laughs> They've always got to narrate, right? Like what's happening to them as it happens. So then this guy appears. This alien, and he's basically like a kind of purple-skinned alien with an extra, like he has normal humanoid arms, but he also has like kind of like uh, insect arms, like two of them kind of coming out of his back. And then he kind of has like bug eyes, but not, well, they're not bug eyes. They're like, I don't know what you'd call them, like big eyes, but they're closed, like half closed. And then he has like a bowler hat. And a, and a walking stick. And a walking classic. stick. Yeah, exactly. So he's kind of like the promoter, right? And he shows up and he says his name is Proja and he's the promoter supreme. And he's come there because he's heard of the thing and he's heard that he, how strong he is, blah, blah, blah. And he has, he's offering him a chance to participate in a, uh, this fight. And, and he's like, and the thing's like, well, what? What's going on here? So he's like, yeah, this is, uh, it's going to be really cool. You might even last until the last round. And the thing's like, well, no, you know what? I don't do that anymore. Like, I, I used to, you know, fight, but now I just do it for, well, how does he word it? I don't compete for, for kicks anymore. I only do it for real. Hit the road, Clyde. He's like, oh, okay, no problem. But let me just shake your hand. So then he goes to shake his hand. As soon as he touches them, they both disappear. And Alicia Masters is like, is it over, Ben? Is he gone? Ben? Ben? And, of course, yeah, he's disappeared. So then we cut over to Chicago. And we see Don Blake. This is at the time when Thor uh, turned into the lame Dr. Don Blake, right? Like uh, whenever he was not being Thor. 
Yeah, when you mean so, lame, you don't mean like stupid or, or weak. You mean like uh, actually lame as a bad leg. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just to be clear. Yeah. So, um, however, when girls call me lame, that's not yes, what they, they mean. Yes, they mean something they, completely different. Exactly. You exactly. have two functioning legs, yes. yet you're still lame. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'll be my retort next time, but I, I have two functioning legs. Anyway. So Don Blake uh, hits his cane against the ground, becomes Thor, flies away, and then he gets confronted by, um, what's his name? Broja? Oja? Moja? Proja. Proja. So Proja appears kind of like floating in the air, and uh, he obviously is going to offer him the same deal, but then we cut over quickly to my least favorite character in Marvel. uh, Wait, before we get to that, let me ask Miles Watson. (laughs) Miles, how, how did you feel about Thor back in the day when he was Don Blake? tapping the stick on the ground uh because again I, if he would ever be never... disconnected from his hammer he would turn back to Don Blake, <laughs> right yeah his punishment and all that and he was you know he had to go be the doc the lame doctor who served humanity because of his arrogance and all that stuff i didn't really care about the don blake alter ego at all to be honest i didn't care about any any of that he didn't interest me over much um it was a nice check on thor's power yeah. So I understood why they did it. It's when you have an overpowered character. What that's one thing that I think the Marvel was better at than DC certainly was that when they had an overpowered character, they usually had something to hobble him, stick a spike in the spokes. Like the Hulk, for example, you know, would be Bruce Banner most of the time. He was not strong. He just would go into a rage and become the Hulk. They had. So they had Thor, who's a god with the same strength as the Hulk. Basically, they put him as a crippled doctor. So they they had a way of undercutting their overpowered characters that I appreciated, but didn't didn't really care about the the character at all. He wasn't an interesting alter ego from from my perspective. All right, fair enough. All right, Mike. <laughs> so now let's get to your least. You said this guy's your least. Favorite. He's one of my least favorite characters, Doc Samson. Doc Samson. Um, yeah. so There's no Doc Savage. I'll tell you that much. That's true. Um, yeah, I just don't, I don't like the ugly red shirt and green hair combination, you know? <laughs> so but that's what You should about like there. what happens to him, not to give spoilers away, yeah. Yeah. but then I, you should like what happens to him in the comics. Absolutely yeah, do. It, everyone else that's recruited is like a big Marvel heavy hitter, like someone who's very yeah. popular. And then this guy, like how did Doc Samson yeah. get involved in this nonsense? You know, like, why is he here? True. Is he even on the cover? Uh, we'll have to click back here. Hold no, on. he's not. See, that makes sense, because why would you put Doc Samson on the cover? No one's <laughs> buying that book. <laughs> so anyway, so he is in the middle of a um, session with a patient, because he's a psychiatrist. And then Proja appears, and then the patient takes off, and Proja... Because uh, the patient was saying he's so angry, he's been seeing little oh, green men everywhere. Right, right. And then Proja pops, and he's like, here's another one. He goes running out of the way. Yeah. Mike, I guess we should tell people who Doc Samson is, because maybe people don't know. Well, he's a supporting character from the Hulk. He's also been exposed to gamma radiation, except he's just super strong and he has green hair, but he has normal colored skin, and he's a psychiatrist. That's basically it. Why do you think they shoehorned him in here? Like, was Tom DeFalco doing something with him somewhere else? I'm going to guess that based on around this year, 1983, there was a strength power chart in Spider-Man. Oh, really? And they showed the strongest heroes in the Marvel Universe, and I believe all of them are in this book. And, oh, like, okay. Doc Samson was one of them. It's one of the, And so is Wonder Man. It's one of those ones where you're like, what? Yeah, you I know? hear you. 
it must have changed over time. Like, I don't think Silver Surfer was in there. There's probably other people that should have been in there. But, yeah, here we are. That makes sense, then. Well, look at you, Mike. I'll know yep. the answer to that. But do you think this is Tom? Well, we'll get to how uh, Doc Sampson's treated later. But maybe that's yeah. a little little uh, Tom DeFalco not liking Doc Sampson. He's like, I'll Could show be. those punks. Yep. Putting him on that list. All right, yep. anyway. Yeah, so Doc Sampson gets abducted next by the little alien guy. And then we see a montage, a big close-up face of the alien fella and his little bowler hat. And then around him, we see a bunch of other superheroes, Michael. Yes. Little montages. You know, now that I think about it, I think that bowler hat is a tribute to Mr. Mix's Pitalik. But I won't say any more. Yeah, that's, so, uh, that's, a, that's a Superman reference. That's right. So anyway, the other heroes are the Hulk, Submariner, Sasquatch, Colossus, and Wonder Man. But... And then, so it's kind of like, we don't see the actual interactions, we just know that he's interacted with them. And then we cut over to Vision and the Scarlet Witch, who have recently resigned from the Avengers, and they're hanging out in their apartment. And then all of a sudden, again, this is another weird scene, um, Proja appears, and he wants to recruit the Vision, but then he finds out the Vision is only a synthesoid. He's a filthy robot. Yeah, so he rescinds his offer for him to be in this boxing match. And that's the end of the scene. He just disappears. And that's that. Then well, we cut yeah, What's that about? Like, why I know. Just cut that, that scene out, right? Pointless. <laughs> they had yeah. to fill up those extra pages for twice the thrills and twice the yeah, pages. Yeah, there you go. So then we cut over to Elsewhere. And um, all of the previ previously mentioned heroes uh, appear in this kind of like... Um, it's, a, it's like a boxing uh, training room. But it's got like all this... It sort of looks like futuristic gear... I think it's supposed to be futuristic or space versions of like, tr uh, like you know, like equipment and stuff. Yeah, Miles, you've probably trained in similar gyms <laughs> with all the robotic yeah. technology. Yes, I have. I've, I've fought robots and um, <laughs> you know gods, and uh, I can honestly say I've lost to all of them, including the the inert heavy bag. <laughs> yeah, look, look at the size of that big uh, jumbo speed bag they have in the background there. Like it's like it looks like a. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty big. To, yeah. Oh, right, so yeah. Oh, go ahead, Michael. I was just gonna say we should point out that at this point in Marvel history, the Hulk is intelligent. Yes. Uh, yeah. Somewhat. Yeah. At least, yeah. Uh, also, Michael, uh, they probably included the Vision. He was probably on that same list you mentioned of the strongest. Right. Team. There you go. That's probably why. That's yeah. Probably what it was. And then they're like, oh well, he can't fight because he's a robot. So that's right. Right. It. Yeah. So all the heroes are trying to figure out why they. Uh, why, who abducted them and what they're doing here. Notice, Mike, whenever they appear, it's a, it says BAMF. Old yes. Crawlers. BAMF. But I did notice that. That's kind of odd. But anyway, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're all trying to figure out what's going on. And Colossus, he's, I guess, the youngest. He doesn't really say much. Again, this is 1983, so the X-Men were kind of just starting to become really popular, right? Yeah. So. It, I, I don't know where this would be issue-wise for the X-Men. Probably in the one... 50s? Yeah, around there, I think, because Wolverine already has his brown costume, so probably around there, yeah. Hey, Miles Watson, when all these heroes are standing there, uh, we, we get inside their heads on a lot of them. We see their internal thoughts, like Sasquatch especially, we're getting his internal monologue. Uh, how do you yeah. feel about go going in different characters' heads like that? <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. Uh, this, this is a very overcrowded story, in my opinion. We'll get to that later, but they considering that they brought a cast of thousands <laughs> into this comic yeah. almost literally they've they've dumped about half the marvel universe into this comic which i was not expecting at all despite the cover 
I somehow had it in my head. This was just going to be the thing fighting in a boxing match. I'm not very bright. <laughs> they had to do something to establish yeah. all these characters, having brought them all in. And there really wasn't any way to, I mean, there's a, there's a very strict limit on what you can do with dialogue in a comic. So you have to break it up, uh, dialogue and thought bubbles. Yeah. And we, it's like, especially for Colossus's insecurity, which is something he had his entire run in the X-Men. I remember that very well. Yeah. In the early days. Yeah. He was always, uh, cause he, he just wanted to be a painter, you know, and a, and a humble farmer. You don't want to be a fighter. Right. Uh, all right. So, Mike, L., they're, they're looking around the gymnasium there, and uh, Sasquatch is talking about the uh, the big heavy bag they got there. And, uh, right. And then Doc Samson's looking at the robots. He's looking at the robot. And then Submariner decides he's going to get to the bottom of what's going on. So he smashes through the wall and tries to escape. But then when he gets outside the wall, we realize they're on this kind of mini death star it looks like basically it is a globe but i mean i don't know if this is just poorly drawn or if it's just really small but <laughs> it's like yeah. 25 feet around yeah it know? does look very small yeah yeah uh, but he says our prison floats within some great starless void right so there's no they need to put that in there so you know why don't they just escape yeah exactly it'd be nice to see the starless void but whatever yeah we don't Fine. we just see like yellow background behind yeah it. yeah and so then, um, and so then, yeah. So they're, they're still trying to figure out what's going on. And then the Hulk's like, "Where's our jailer? Why won't he show himself?" And then right at that moment, who appears but their jailer? And this is the champion. Yeah. The very. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't never like this guy's design, but. Uh, All right. Nope. Nah. We'll talk Miles about that Watson. later. But I. Why don't you describe what the champion that. looks like, Miles Watson? Go ahead, describe what he looks like. The champion's just a big, weird-looking blue dude, uh, with with. A, an enormous red mane of hair that's basically only on the back of his head, the occipital region of his head. <laughs> oh, I guess look at that occipital region. Oh, I had to. Well, <laughs> working in criminal justice, unfortunately, I, I I tend to look at body parts in a purely pathological way, as in the morgue slab. But he's got a ton of red hair flowing out of his light blue skin. His features, in some, uh, they seem to change. At certain points in close-ups, he almost—it's almost like they looked at Jack Johnson or something. Like it's a black guy they turned blue. Right. So he I just agree. sort of looks like a black guy, with like a Jack Johnson type black guy. If you're familiar with Jack Johnson from a hundred years ago, they took this sort of big boxing muscle. champion it's just Jack a muscular, Johnson. Yeah, it's a muscular man, just oversized with blue skin and red hair. It's—it's. It's, I didn't like the design at all, to be honest, at all. And red pants, a dark blue shirt, some yellow trim, some yeah, yellow again, bracelets. And going back to what, going back to what Mike L said there about color clash. I, red and blue work together, but it's kind of an orange. It, it's not a good color combination. I just didn't like the design of him at all. Right, right. And it also look, he's got a big belt that kind of looks like a boxing championship belt as well that he wears. Yeah, yes, good point. Yeah, but he's a big dude. He's way bigger than everybody else. Yeah. So how fair is that, Miles Watson? This champion of the universe guy. He, hey, I have a boxing match, but only with guys much smaller than me. All right, <laughs> is that fair? Come on, weight yeah, classes well, for boxing, a reason, champion. Uh, thank you. In boxing, there are weight classes, and this tournament kind of reminds me of a guy who's like a super heavyweight fighting middleweights as far as the yeah. size goes. 
also he conveniently disqualifies us, <laughs> as we'll get to in a second. Yes. Yeah. Several opponents who look like they might be able to actually rumble with him a <laughs> yeah, little like, harder. Right. Yeah, you're too tough. You're disqualified. You get out of here. Next. Yeah. yeah. All right, so Mike L., the champion shows up, and uh, his buddy Projo there, they, they just start filling in the background, right, on mm-hmm. uh, who he is and everything. So, yeah, basically he scours the known galaxies uh, with his minions, and he boxes people. That's pretty much it, right? Yeah, he's looking for competition. No one's ever gotten out of the second round with him. Right, right. And so, yeah, we see like a little montage of him boxing other aliens. And then, uh, and then, and then, uh, and then basically like some of the heroes are mouthing off to him, like Thor starts mouthing off and uh, Hulk's mouthing off. And then a bunch of them all gang up on him and jump on him. But then he just kind of Kirby's them away, right? He kind of just flexes his muscles and they all just go flying, right? Which shows he has the power is. primordial, Michael. Yes, that's he, right. He's one of the eternals of the universe. Right? That's right, that's right. Which are like, you know, I think... The Grand Master, those kind yeah, of Yeah, there's a bunch of them. I can't remember the rest. Um, I don't know. But yeah, they're, they're like... I think Alf. Yeah, he's Grand one of them. That's right. But they're like Shut among up. the most powerful <laughs> characters in the universe, definitely. Miles loves Alf when I make Alf references. <laughs> but yeah, he's got the power primordial. So all the heroes are like, oh man, this dude's really strong. I guess we just got to do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. You know? I guess we're going to have to do it. Yep. So now, now it's kind of implied, Mike, if he doesn't get worthy competition uh, from these heroes, he's going to destroy Earth, right? Yes, yes. And then, uh, and then once they agree to it, then all of a sudden the champion introduces a bunch of other aliens that are, I guess they're going to train them, right? Yeah, so those are little trainers, these little aliens. Like right. Freddie Roach. Uh, who, who are the other, other trainers? My, uh, Miles Watson. Let's name them all. Betty Atlas. B- Buddy McGirt. Emmanuel yeah. Stewart. Yeah. Who was who uh, the guy with uh, Muhammad Ali? Angelo Dundee. There he is. Angelo Dundee. Yeah. These are famous boxing trainers, Michael. All right. Never heard of them. Yeah, I didn't think he would have. But, uh, but, uh, but I, like yeah, the, the, I like the little trainers because they're all little fellas. Yeah. And then uh, the one guy says, uh, uh, what is a, a thing looks at his turn. He says, this ain't exactly my ideal blind date. And his trainer says, shut up, earthworm. You're yeah. no beauty either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, take that. Yeah. And then uh, we cut back over to Earth and Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman are doing their best to figure out where the thing has disappeared to. And Mr. Fantastic has used one of his doohickeys and he's starting to get worried because with this doohickey, he can detect like an energy trail or whatever. And he can, and he senses that this, whatever's taken the thing is greater is a greater power level than Galactus. So he's actually really worried. Yeah, and they're, they're with Alicia Masters in her studio, and she's very concerned about the thing. And let me just direct everyone's attention to the bottom left panel. Of the oh, page. that's right! <laughs> there you go, Spider-Man! <laughs> Do you see that, Miles Watson? It's a, uh, Alicia Masters has a, this done a uh, statue of Spider-Man, and we see his left leg, his ankle, in a shot. But now, Mike L., this isn't Spider-Man. It's a statue of Spider-Man. But see, this is what it is, okay? I have I go to a website called marvelfandom.com, <laughs> and it, it's a very detailed database, and they list this as an appearance of Spider-Man, so therefore, we reviewed it, okay? <laughs> but, but, that's the good thing, 
But the good thing about it is you never know what you're going to get on Here Comes the Spider Cast, okay? It's always fun. It's always something uh, new. But it's so ridiculous. Anyway. That's counted as a Spider-Man appearance. <clears throat> it's a appearance of a statue of Spider-Man's ankle. True, true. Right. You, you'd think yeah. they'd at least make that a little note, like, you know, yeah. statue only or something. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Okay, so... Then we cut over to the X-Men, right? So this is Nightcrawl. Oh, go ahead. And this is my favorite era of the X-Men, like the old, you know, Storm, Cyclops, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, and Colossus. Uh, and, Shadow, and well, yeah. Shadowcat or Ariel, Sprite. whatever. Sprite. I yeah, think Sprite at this point. Yeah. But yeah, this yeah. is my favorite era. I think most people's favorite. Yeah, it's great. Um, and they're, they, they're trying to figure out what happened to Colossus, right? Yep. And then we cut back to the boxing training uh, room. And the thing is um, training with Hulk. like a punching or, or yeah, the Hulk, the Hulk. is training with <laughs> training with a uh, punching bag and he just destroys it. And then Thor is training with this like big, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's like a big metal thing. And the, and the aliens trying to con like basically convince him or explain to him that he can't use his hammer, but he uses it anyway, yes. right? Yeah. And he just destroys it. And then we cut over to Doc Sampson. This is my favorite one. Yeah, he's standing in front of this living computer. And he's like, do you expect me to believe this This thing is alive? And the, the computer's like, why not? He expects me to believe that you're capable of withstanding my attack. <laughs> so then Doc Sampson winds up to punch the computer. And then the computer just sticks a little like rod out and hits it. And then punches right it with like balls. A, what's that? Yeah, yeah, basically whomp. And then right punches the a rack. And so that's it. Out, so then the aliens commenting, he's like, out cold. This one may be all right in a street brawl, but he's certainly no boxer. So then, bam, he disappears. He's back in his office. Yeah, he disqualifies. Miles Watson, how do you feel about Doc Sampson's performance here in training? Not so good, right? <laughs> I kind of share Michael's disdain. For, yeah. Yeah. For clown. Character. Yeah. They, they seem to have... There's, their choice of, of competitors here seems to have been interesting because it seems to me that some of the writers may have shared Michael's disdain <laughs> for certain yeah. characters here yeah. by putting like, them in a position where they're like, I suck. I don't belong to be here. Boom, get knocked out. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sensing a, a great deal of respect for some of these characters, and I don't entirely understand why some of them were chosen, but hey. Yeah, Doc Sampson's the one that doesn't belong. And in, in pro wrestling terms, they bury him. Like, they make him look as bad as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, he's buried. He's getting down to the lower mid-card now. He's not getting a main event push here. He's getting buried. Yeah, he gets hit in the balls and then punched in the face, and he's knocked out. And that's it. Out See cold. you later, Doc Sampson. Yeah, out cold. So next yeah. up, we have Namor, and we have his little alien trainer trying to get Namor to do stuff. But Mike L. Namor, he's not a dancing monkey. You know, he doesn't just do Great. whatever you tell him to do. So uh, what happens there, Michael? So, he's, uh, so the alien's like, you must begin your training. There's no time to spare. And Namor's like, no, a prince of the blood will not lower himself to such folly. And then he's like, and the alien's like, well, then you leave me no choice. Bamf. He makes him disappear. Yeah. Now, I got to point out, we said earlier there's like six different inkers. The inks in this sequence are particularly bad. And <laughs> it, it makes the pencils look bad because, like, when Doc Sampson shows up in his office, okay, you can see a couch. It, it looks like his office. But when Namor disappears, like, is he in water? I assume. Yeah, but I not think it's water. Really? But it's, it's just so very, it looks very rushed. And, like, when Doc Sampson's knocked out, it looks very amateur, poorly drawn. 
So anyway, so then, but then guess what? Now we cut over to Colossus, and Colossus just falls in line, right? Yeah. So he waves, right? So he just goes along with the training, no problem. I'll do what you do, whatever you say. So uh, then we cut over to Sasquatch, and he's doing his training. He's like, uh, what are these called here? This is like a space version of, um, not like a row machine, but you know, that we pull something. I don't know what that is. Yeah, uh, some sort of a pulley system. Like yeah. And then Wonder Man, <laughs> he's on like a like a training bike kind of thing, whatever that's called. Yeah, an exercise bike. Yeah, exercise Wonder bike. Man's terrible as well. Miles Watson, you don't like Wonder Man, do you? He's a bum. I he's one of those kind of throwaway characters that just I feel like is sort of there to be ultimately killed in someone else's comic book to <laughs> to add gravitas to a storyline. Yeah, take some punches. Uh, but, uh, Mike L, this is, is this your least favorite Wonder Man outfit? Oh, his- no, it's what? actually not. My least uh, favorite one is the green, red, and yellow one with a big WM on it. Oh, the, I actually like that one. I think it's, that's a Jack Kirby design, right? The earlier one? Or? No, no, no. The earlier one's good, but then there's like a George Perez one that's really ugly. I'll try to find it. Uh, oh, okay. I think I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'm picturing it now. Yeah, that one is terrible. But yeah, this one, he's got like the old black like leotards underneath, and then he's got like a red jacket and red sunglasses and red boots. Right. Yeah, not Brutal. Whew. Anyway, um, so then... Um, <laughs> I Things boxing back. it up with his robot. Yeah, sorry. I clicked away just a minute here. So then, uh, yeah, so the, so the thing is, you know, he's, he's playing along. He's all good. He's boxing this robot. And then we cut over to the Daily Bugle... And, um, and so then, um, what's his name? Proja appears and basically he's there to give them like the scoop on what's going on. Then all of a sudden we see all these like newspapers and magazines reporting on this match, the daily bugle, the uh, sports illustrated time magazine. And just to make it clear, Peter Parker is not in that panel. Like there's a panel of workers. I thought maybe they'll reference <laughs> Peter Parker here. That'll explain the spider cast thing. Nope, Peter Parker's not there. He's not there. Unless he is, and it's just colored so badly you can't tell, right? Because it is all <laughs> just pure purple. So <laughs> we don't see him anywhere. But yeah, so I, I thought this was weird, Miles, because when they were doing the fighting and they're promoting this big boxing match, I thought it was just going to take place in some intergalactic arena, like right. out of space. Uh, but no, Miles, it's actually taking place I in Madison die. Square Garden. They're, yeah, they're didn't, advertising. Didn't see that it. coming <laughs> at all. They went all the way and did it as the the whole the whole um, Earth is so, uh, clued in on. Yeah, like yeah, everyone's going to see this big fight. All the humans. So who's taking who's taking the proceeds? Who, what are ticket? What do tickets cost? Who's getting the revenue? Are the fighters getting a cut? How is this breaking down? I'm concerned about the well, promotion this of boxing, this event. So you know the fighters are going to get screwed. Yeah, uh, a proja. He doesn't look like a. He looks kind of like a shady promoter, this Proja fella. But uh, yeah, Mike, I was very taken aback by this. Uh, how do you feel about them actually? Because they're showing it on all the news. It's, it's on Time Magazine. Like this is just ridiculous, right? It's very Saturday morning cartoon ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This Absurd. is insane. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're in Madison Square Garden, and uh, the, it, then they show backstage at like Madison Square Garden, the guys who run the arena. They got two aliens coming there to to make to sign the contract. Right. And the guy's thinking to himself, I don't care if these aliens are real or not, just so long as their money's good. Right. <laughs> so, what are we it's doing? It's ridiculous. Here? Yeah, this is crazy. Um, and then, and then it, we it, Yeah, inside Madison Square Garden, Michael, they also have a big dome over the ring, right? 
Right. Yeah, so we see, like, the empty seats, but we see the ring in the middle with a big, yeah, like a big glass dome over it. And that's to prevent the fighters from just leaving the ring and anyone interfering, I guess. Right. Yeah, and then we see, like, a little panel that says, closed circuit and cable rights are immediately syndicated across the world. And we see people (laughs) waiting in line to get into these places, like in, you know, China or somewhere or or Japan. And then it says, Earth Heroes versus Alien Champ. Earth Heroes versus Alien Champ. Like, people sitting in a theater to watch it and other places. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it's so ridiculous that it's awesome. And uh, and, uh, reacting to public pressure... The, the gaming commissions of states like Nevada and New Jersey quickly authorize a host of ORB parlors. And then there's a little editor's note, ORB, off-ring betting. Well, I'm glad they included that little <laughs> detail, right? That's important. Yeah. Not af- off-track like off-track betting. betting. Yeah, yeah, off-ring <laughs> betting. And then uh, the people in line placing their bets are like, oh, nice gimmick. Tellers dressed like space creatures. But they are space creatures. And they're selling you tickets, dummy. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, so then we cut over to the Avengers headquarters. And the Avengers and Fantastic Four are all chatting it up. And uh, She-Hulk's like, Iron Man, why wasn't I kidnapped too? And Iron Man says, maybe our alien's a male chauvinist. <laughs> too bad, She-Hulk. Too bad. I actually did get a kick out of that line because especially <laughs> with the politics of today's Marvel Universe and everything, it was just yes. like, we look, we can't put everybody... I can almost see a cigar-chewing Marvel executive explaining this to her as if she really existed. Look, honey... Um, we just can't we can't put everybody in here okay although actually i would have appreciated she hulk over the two wusses that they threw out doc samson mr mr wonderful and and (laughs) no mr wonder man and doc samson yeah Uh, although wonder i I like my pronunciation well wonder man wasn't thrown out yet he gets uh disqualified later on for ring abuse (laughs) <laughs> which seemed yeah, weird. but he sucked mm-hmm. immediately. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but the Avengers—they're all trying to figure out what's going on, and uh, they're like, "Oh, well, we better be careful because these aliens—they could uh, lead an invasion or something." So, we got to keep a close eye on it. And then they cut backstage behind the fights, Mike. And Thor's the first one up. Yeah. So he gets uh, teleported into the ring. So it's going to be Thor versus the champion up first. Right. And I kind of forgot about this little fact but one of the problems is well actually i'll I'll wait a minute i'll get to it in a minute but we cut over to cyclops and uh, wolverine who are using a very clever disguise of wearing trench coats what kind of hat is wolverine wearing (laughs) (laughs) it's it's like an african safari hat it's ridiculous (laughs) let's do it and they still have their superhero masks on, but they're trying to break through the barrier. And Cyclops is using his, um, you know, force blasts. And Wolverine is using his unbreakable adamantium claws, but neither is having any effect, right? Yeah, so they can't get into that barrier to rescue anybody. Right. And then, so Champion comes in. He's got, like, his little uh, boxing hood and cape on, takes them off. And... Uh, and then he's standing there, and I mean, like we see him towering over Thor, so he's gigantic, right? So they're kind of uh, talking smack to each other. Then the bell rings. Oh, well, we should say they're both in boxing trunks and boxing gloves, uh, and, and Thor is still he still has his helmet on, uh-huh. uh huh, and he's holding his hammer and his. Which boxing I like. <laughs> I got a big kick out of the fact he he actually went into the boxing ring and he's in he's in boxing trunks and boxing shoes. And he literally has his his Viking helmet on. Yes, it's awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's so comic book. It just mm-hmm. 
you just have to absorb it. You just have to just be yeah. like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, see, at first I thought, wait, is Thor cheating? He's using a foreign object. So he's yeah. using the hammer against champion or the champion. He actually throws the hammer. And then when he throws it, champion's like, your weapon is truly formidable, but it has no place in this ring of honor. So then he makes it disappear. And then it reappears because it's, you know, got that magical enchantment. And then so um, the referee's like, you were disqualified for using your weapon illegally. And then Thor just disappears and appears like in New York. And then he's got a little bubble here. He's like, I've been instantaneously returned to Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Never yeah. before hath the God of Thunder been so callously dismissed. Now, I, I for a minute, I thought he was cheating, but then I, I read up on it. I forgot if he's without Mjolnir for more than 60 seconds, he turns yeah. back to Donald Blake. That's why he insisted on yeah. using it. I yeah, see, that's why that. I, I like that whole Donald Blake gimmick, because like Miles says, it undercuts Thor, it like weakens him. So it, it's kind of like in the old days of Spider-Man, if he's running out of web fluid, you know, like, oh, right. I'm running out of web fluid. So Thor, there's always a clicking talk. Uh, uh, <laughs> a a click, clock. A ticking clock, yes. <laughs> a clicking talk. Yeah. A ticking clock if he loses his hammer. So I always like, kind of like that. But yeah. That was, exactly. And again, that was going back to that theme earlier. It's it's one of the ways they undercut an overpowered yeah. character, which I I thought they, you know, was logical. They, they, you can't can't have interesting stories if you, you this character is a god. So it's like you right. Know, You've got to do some things to limit his power, which they did, in fact, do. Mm-hmm. The next up, we have the Incredible Hulk, Mike. You know, he pops in the ring. He's wearing his blue boxing trunks and his, uh, or I'm sorry, his purple boxing trunks, blue boots, and uh, purple boxing gloves. But uh, then what happens, though, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's like, uh, he's like basically yelling. He's like, I get stronger as I get angry, and I'm plenty mad. And then, see, I didn't know he could do this because I didn't read these Hulk comics, but even though he is the intelligent hulk somehow he reverts back to the primal hulk i don't know yeah, how he because, does that uh bruce banner was uh there's some thought dialogues throughout the issue saying he's always got to stay somewhat calm because if he gets too angry oh he then he goes into back. a savage hulk yeah. uh, okay okay so okay. at this point he allows himself to become angry because he just really wants to fight this champion and michael clearly there's a different inker on the, this page right because like yes uh that, that like the hulk punches his hands together shatter like just destroys his boxing gloves so now he's just jumping at the champion. I love that pic, that pick of him jumping at him with oh, his hands out. Great, like, yeah. The inking there is very uh, interesting and distinctive. But he's jumping at champion just to rip him apart, and uh, the champion just says, "Ah, oh, you know what? You look a little too tough. I'm not going to fight you." Yeah. <laughs> like what the hell? <laughs> yeah, he's like, "No, I should not soil my hands on a mindless brute." Bamf. See, this is yeah. where Tom DeFalco is kind of cheating. Like that's kind of ridiculous, you know? Yep. Yes. So that's uh, kind of frustrating. Yeah, I. I, I couldn't agree more there. I wanted to at least see the Hulk at full strength engage this clown because when when the Hulk issues that threat where he's like, I'm going to crush you as completely and as easily as <laughs> these, these ridiculous boxing gloves, I'm like, damn, okay, we're going to see yeah. the Hulk at least land like a big shot on the guy's jaw and he's going to have to deal with that and then, you know, he'll be like, oh, that was a good punch and but not good enough, you know, something. Right, but they, they, the all my respect for the champion is thrown. Is, is I mean, yeah. not that I had any to begin with, but <laughs> <laughs> any that I might have had from this character, who's the definition of overpowered, is gone when he takes his most formid. I think we would agree that the Hulk is probably his most formidable opponent. Yes, Thor is roughly as strong, but he's not as savage. He doesn't have that extra oomph that the Hulk has. 
So the mm-hmm. Hulk is at the top of the power scale and he throws the Hulk out and it's like, kind of, kind of candy ass, kind of like Michael Scott, you know, type of you're disqualified oh. during the, <laughs> the, the office basketball mat, like just looking for a way out type of thing. And uh, professional wrestling parlance again, this is a chicken shit heel. He's uh, mm-hmm. he's your heel champion, but he's uh, he won't fight like a tough guy. He's a chicken shit heel. So yeah, that's what he does. He just banishes the Hulk. So now uh, Sasquatch pops in next, the the most uh, physically imposing character. He's almost as big as the champion. He's right. Almost as tall. And but apparently he decides he wants to hump him from behind. It's like this. <laughs> what? <laughs> apparently Sasquatch has never seen a boxing match. So uh, yeah, he tries to grab him from behind, and uh, that's not good. So the champion elbows him in the face and then punches him and uh, and just knocks him out, Michael. Yeah, like, you're from Canada. Him out. You can't take a punch. Boom, yeah. knocks him right out. Yeah. It's, we actually see, again, this is good inking. We actually see, like, spittle coming from Sasquatch's face <laughs> as yeah. he, like, falls over. It's pretty good. And yeah. uh, He gets AFO'd. Yeah. Yeah. Knock the fuck out. And uh, and then we cut over to like you know aliens are betting on it and they're saying it's four thousand to one against Earth. Then we cut back over and now Colossus is being um, basically getting his ass kicked. Um, yeah. But he, you know he, he's it says he's holding up, but then we see like we we see Fwam Fwam Fwam. So we know he's gotten punched like a bunch of times in a row. And then sure enough, he just falls over. It's and crumbles. yeah, and then the ref's like, I'm stopping this fight. So then. Now it's time. They take Hulk out on a stretcher, too. In the next panel there, he's in a stretcher. Or I'm not Hulk. I'm in Colossus. They take Colossus Oh, yeah, yeah, Colossus. But he looks really skinny there. That's a weird panel. I didn't even notice that. That's weird. But anyway, so then then they're talking backstage or back whatever it's called. And then all of a sudden now it's uh, Wonder Man's turn. Right? That's Wonder Man. Yeah. Yep. So then he goes out and he gets punched. Thwack. And then... (laughs) His whole internal dialogue, the whole issue is like he doesn't want to be a fighter. He doesn't want to do. Yeah. So uh, he's still going through that. Through he doesn't want to be a hero. He just wants to be a movie actor. He wants to go to Hollywood, work with Miles Watson. So, uh, <laughs> so Mike Gale, explain what happens here. This is ridiculous. But he's, he's like, he's like, I don't want to do this, but I can hear the crowd begging me to get to my feet. So then it's like stealing himself against the pain that rips through his near invulnerable body. Wonder Man slowly stands and then he grabs the ring and actually just rips it like f- like straight up in the air. Rip champion. I'm tired of fighting by your rules. If it's the last thing I do, I'm going to wrap this ring around your worthless hide. And he just basically takes the ring, rips like a giant hole in it. And it's kind of like suspended. And it's, it's like, I don't know if there's a lot of like uh, starch in these things. Yeah, it's a very yeah, stiff very canvas. And so then the ref's like, stop that. And he's like, the contestant has been disqualified. Such wanton destruction will not be tolerated. So then he disappears. Bam, he's gone. And then the, and then the ref's like, there will be a five-minute intermission while the ring is repaired. And Champion's like, so be it. Uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> now, Miles, uh, we've seen a lot of fights in our life. Uh, have you ever seen someone rip the canvas during a boxing match? <laughs> <laughs> no, the only thing I can think of. I've seen a lot of weird shit happen in fights. If you remember the fan man dropping in yes, on Evander yeah. Holyfield and Riddick Bowe from the sky. Yeah. I remember uh, Evander Holyfield hit smoking Burt Cooper so fucking hard, he actually tore his boxing glove, oh. which oh, I never God. saw in, in all the thousands of boxing matches that I've probably seen. I've never saw that before. <laughs> that was the said, can't. 
can't who remember the, somebody tearing the canvas up. Who was the fella who who kept? Was that Oliver McCall who kept crying during the match and they stopped the fight because he was just crying? Remember that? Yeah, he had a nervous breakdown. Yeah, yeah. he didn't bite anything though. He didn't rip anything. I remember George the Animal Steel once bit yeah. into a turnbuckle. <laughs> All and the, that was his gimmick. Yeah, he'd rip open the turnbuckle. Yeah. But uh, and, uh, yeah, so maybe was this was like an Oliver McCall moment for Wonder Man. He's like, he just lost his uh, mind there in the ring, and they, they get rid of him. So now, Mike, it's just the champion versus the thing. That's it. Yep. Earth's last hope. Yes. So we got some, again, some good inking here, some good art. So the thing, he's got his robe on. He's got uh, his, what do they call those? Th- like Not bandages, but the but way they tape hand. up your hands. Yeah, they yeah, tape. I, I like, uh, that's a great shot there. The thing looking at the camera with the. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. really good. Yep. The ever loving so, blue eye thing. Yeah. Blue eyes. Right. <laughs> so then he appears in the ring, and the champion appears in the ring, and they both disrobe. And, I like and how the thing even has his uh, boxing robe with a thing on the back. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. They go all out. This uh, pro jet has a promoter. Yeah. And again, I love this Tom DeFalco dialogue. This champion's like, you seem to be in exceptional spirits for one who will soon be totally irrevocable. Irre- irre- irrevocably humiliated and the things like give me a break i thought we were just gonna pound this the daylights at each other not not fair if you're gonna if you're trying to talk me to death too that's like classic stan lee-esque dialogue i think you know it's good stuff i like it old school thing so then yeah so then and then the match starts and then right away the champion punches the thing and he goes flying i don't know how big this ring is but he flies pretty far he actually smashes against the barrier right and then bounces back so then, and, thing gets. Oh, yeah, he ahead. has to pick himself up off the canvas. He's drooling out his mouth. Right. All beat up. And then champion takes a swing, and then thing uh, ducks, and then hits him back. Wham. And uh, and then um, you know the ref kind of steps in between them, and they separate. And then champion punches thing, and then he hits the top of the dome. Well, they go to round two, Michael. The thing made. Oh it yeah, that's round right. Two. It's round two, right, right. So champion hits him with an uppercut that drives the thing straight up in the air. He hits the top of the dome, falls back down, right through the canvas again. This canvas right. is t- having a rough night. First one. Right. Minute, now this. Right. <laughs> so, uh, like, the ref's like, all right, I guess I got to call this a TKO. But things like, don't you believe it, ref? Yeah. I ain't even begun to fight. But he's already got, like, a black eye, the thing. Right. Even though he's rock. I guess his eyes swelled up somehow. And uh, so now he makes it to round three. No one's ever made it to round three. Yep. He's outlasted every contestant the champion's ever faced. So then, uh, so no, then yeah, now Thing has him up against the ropes and he's punching him. But then, um, then the champion, like, this is a great shot. The champion punches him and Thing falls over backwards. And, like, look at the detail and, like, the shoelaces or the bootlaces. Like, that's a great shot. <laughs> yeah, oh. he tumbles over backwards. But right. it, and he, the Thing cracks him in the ribs and uh, the champion says, oh, my ribs. I think that last blow shattered him. Right. Well, that, he broke the champion's ribs. Yeah. And then uh, when the champion punches thing, he kind of rolls back like a bowling ball, right? Like we see like... I like, I really like that art, by the way. Yeah, like little ghost images of him like rolling back. That's great. Yep. It's kind of like Daredevil. Remember Daredevil would always do those jump and flips and they show like ghost images of him. Right, yeah. Spider-Man too. And he's just rolling around because he got punched so hard. Yep. And then now the, so now the thing is like Rocky. He's just getting the beat down, right? Like champion just keeps punching and punching and punching him. And uh, we see again the black eye, and then the bell rings, and then so now the thing has lasted three complete rounds. He's like, "I did it! I lasted three complete rounds." And the champion, or the, the ref is like, "You'll never survive a fourth." 
And so then the ref's like, thus I must stop this fight and declare the winner. Then um, Thing falls face down on the ring. And then um, Champion holds up the belt. And that's, again, some really good inking there. Some nice shadowy inking. Yeah. Agreed with that. Yeah. Probably the best best panel in the whole thing. Yeah, it's great. And then we see, now this is blood, but it's colored pink because it's a... I thought it was piss. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe it is blood. Yeah. Red? Piss? <laughs> I guess he well, the thing. Yeah, he's going, bleeding out the kidneys. Ugh. Yeah, he leaves a trail of piss. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's on his belly crawling towards the champion. He's not going to give up. And then he looks up at the champion. Blood's just pouring out of his uh, the thing's mouth. He's right. And he's like, you never beat me. I'm just too stupid and ugly to know when to quit. Hey, Miles, this is kind of like the uh, Raging Bull movie there. Yes. And, uh, Jake yeah. Lamont is. He never telling. got me down, Ray. He yeah. never got me down. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. So then, uh, so then Champion's like, no, my friend, I could never beat you. I now know that. I could crush your bones and break your body, but I would never conquer your spirit. So this is where he's learned his lesson, right? He's like, any world that could spawn one such as you is truly the worthiest of all. I sense that someday my people will battle yours for the total supremacy of the cosmos. But that will be in the eons to come, and what a glorious competition it shall be. And he just disappears, and then the thing collapses face down on the on the on the mat. And then we see all the other heroes come into the ring to kind of like help him out. And that is the end of the story. Yeah, it says uh, today he has won perhaps the greatest battle of his life, and that knowledge will help ease the pain of his broken limbs in the long, hard months that follow. Right. So that- thing really got beaten up there yeah. uh but yeah so because the thing is such a worthy opponent the champion spared her like, yeah there you go so he um, saved the earth yeah he saved the earth you know who did it that From the, galactic oh, that sorry. dummy doc Not samson galactic. he didn't save the earth <laughs> he didn't even get out of training didn't even make the ring I mean, at least make the walk doc samson let's go but uh yeah so mm-hmm. all right miles watson what do you think of this uh the thing in marvel 2 and 1 annual 7 fighting the champion what do you I, think I enjoyed it. I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes absolutely no sense. I, so I will, de- I I will explain. I like this idea very much. Yes. The concept is great. I love the concept. Yes, I, the concept was great. And, and I, I hate to say this cause it's going to sound, um, even more pompous than I want it to sound, but here, here's what this boils down to for me. They had a great idea with this, a great idea. And I think if they'd stuck with the idea that I had in my mind for this, which is you take the thing and you throw him into this competition and maybe he has to beat up a couple guys to face the champ and then he has to fight the champ. And it's like a Rocky story where he's really outclassed, but he's, he's going to win on heart, so to speak. He doesn't have to win at the end, but like Rocky loses that fight. A lot of people forget Rocky loses in Rocky one, mm-hmm. but the important thing is that he shows the heart, the courage, the guts. That's where I was hoping they were going with this. Instead, they overflowed this with so many Marvel characters. I was actually impressed in the sense of like, you're taking a picture and trying to fill a symbol with the story. You've got <laughs> the X-Men, you've got the fantastic four, yeah. you're backbenching guys like Mr. Wonderful and <laughs> wonder man. Not, not Paul. I refuse Wonder-Man. to call him that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wonder man. You're these backbenchers are being dragged out of obscurity to be chucked in there and stuff. And then they got Thor and they've got, like they they dug deep to to do this. They got the Hulk, you know, one of the the 
biggest characters in Marvel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a, this is not the format for this. Like the two in one format. This is, a, be, this is a Marvel eight in one. They got eight. Right. In right. Eight in one. I, yeah. And that's the thing is it really is an eight and one, which I don't think, I, I think it was just too much. It was, it was overflowing from the, the concept was, was they had this good, simple concept and you, you call this two in one. And then you put on the, on the cover, you've got Sasquatch. I mean, they, like I said, they were digging deep. <laughs> for these big strong but, characters they got but i think what we i think michael explains it though by that thing they did in spider-man i'm this was clearly to promote that list i think right mm-hmm. michael i think i think so yeah so i think that's what they're doing here but okay uh, but that's the logic of it but does it work and that's the yeah. problem that i had here is that they they crammed this into the point where if this was one of those special comics that was twice as long as a normal comic I would have said, okay, this isn't the way I personally would have done it, but fuck it, just you go ahead and show me what you got. And it didn't suck. I was entertained and I enjoyed it. I liked that. You know, the thing has always been that kind of scrapper. He was never. The thing was kind of like a Jerry Quarry, yeah. Ernie Shavers, <laughs> Joe Frazier type of of character. He was not the champion. He was never going to win the title. He was a he was a born challenger. Not I just mentioned Joe Frazier, but yeah. that was dumb. But Joe Frazier <laughs> was a scrapper who actually knew how to fight. He he was almost superhuman in that sense. But if you look at the Ernie Shavers of the world, the brawlers, the Tex Cobbs, Tex Cobb, probably the best example of, from boxers, just a brawler. Face first banger, coming in, no skills, but just tremendous chin, heart, guts, and a good punch. That's what the thing is. So you did, you didn't he didn't need to win this, but if you're going to make this a two-in-one you can't put the Hulk and Thor and Namor and Colossus in the same story with the thing and call it a two and one. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I didn't mind them getting all those heroes in there, but like you said, it's just too much story for one book because obviously they couldn't do anything with half the characters. They just said, all right, let's just get them out of here after right, two right. panels like Namor. Or if uh, they were going to do this, why not, why not make four guys instead of eight, get mm-hmm. rid of, you know, maybe have one chump like, like the, <laughs> Is Doc Samson <laughs> even in the cover? He isn't, is No, he? yeah, he's no. not on the cover. But yeah, we don't need wah, Doc Samson. Wah, wah. Forget Doc Samson. Yeah, but they put but Mr. Wonderful in. Anyway, uh, so so get rid of one of the chump characters. Namor really didn't add anything to this, although I did love his Imperious Rex because that, that always was kind of cool when yeah. he did that. Imperious Rex. He always <laughs> thought he was stronger than he really was, which I got to think of. And his refusing um, to uh, even you know partake in training, that, that's good character uh development there for Namor. Yeah, you who very is, consistent but... with Namor, who was pathologically arrogant, always pathologically arrogant uh, character. So that was that was nice. But if you could have cut this down to like four or five, I think it would have been a little more effective in that regard. But again, I, I just feel like this was a vessel that had way too much water in it. it mm-hmm. Poured in. Yeah, again, the concept's great. I love the concept. Uh, the whole stuff about the fight being at Madison Square Garden and all the earth rooting for that, that that's just so terrible. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like those bad B-movies we always love. Um, yeah, but, it, uh, it was absurd. Yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of weird. I have a fondness for the issue. I also would have preferred if the boxing scenes were more boxing-based and not just mm-hmm. uh, the champion punches a guy and he goes flying through the air 50 feet. Right, um, right. 
like I'd like to see some more actual boxing techniques and punches and stuff. That'd have been cool. Uh, so yeah, the fights were kind of a letdown because I thought, oh, this is going to be awesome. Nothing but fights. I love punching. This is going to be great. But yeah, they they really weren't that that good, you know. So that was right, kind of a letdown. Right. But oh, I mean, it's still enjoyable. Uh, the art was pretty solid throughout, even though Mike L pointed out all the different inkers. But some of those inkers are really good. Michael, yeah. who do you think the inker was that was doing all those dark, heavy inks? Well, I don't know. I mean, um, I have the uh, I had the issue, the issue here. Did you see who it was? It was uh, Bob Camp, yeah. Bob Camp, Mike Esposito, Frank Giacoya, Dan Green, yeah, uh, Amanda Gill, Chick Stone. Could be Chick Stone. No, honestly, it was probably Frank Giacoya. I don't Only think be- that, right? Because he he did the cover. Like uh, oh, okay. he inked the cover. Then maybe I don't think Mike. That's him. The maybe oh, the maybe Mike Esposito. He I think he's known as a really good anchor. But I and the rest I'm really like Dan Green is known for being more sketchy. So I'm not sure. Yeah, he was. Uh, Dan Green did a lot of X Men stuff later. Yes. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look like him at all. Uh, Gil, who's the Gil? Is that Gil Kane? Uh, no, um, Amando Gil or Amando Amanda, uh, Jill. Yeah. I think I think it was him then. I think it was him because I don't, I don't, I don't know him. I've I've seen all sure. the other people ink. Yeah, it could um, be him then. Yep. So, I don't know, but anyway, yeah, it's kind of interesting though to see the different inking styles mm-hmm. and how how they affect the pencils. But uh, I liked a lot of the stuff Ron Wilson did here. There's some nice panels in here, so it's good stuff. Um, yeah, it's like fun. It's like Tom DeFalco to me is like uh, uh he knows how to do fun. He knows how to do like a certain version of a Stanley Marvel comic, but it's always like a little bit more silly, a little bit more childish, you know? Yeah. Than the a, whole stuff with I the aliens selling the tickets and everything. Right. Like, come on, you know, but right. whatever. Yeah. Over the top. Th- this, this comic hit a point of complete absurdity and yes. I get it. <laughs> you know, the old, th- there's an old, there's an old, uh, you hear this a lot. I've been hearing this for like 25 years of like, I remember Mel Gibson was criticized or something like he was talking, he did an interview with Playboy or something. And they were talking about, he was in Pocahontas or something. <clears throat> and they said, well, you know, there's a, the, this movie has taken criticism because it's not historically accurate. And he goes, mm-hmm. there's a singing raccoon in the movie. <laughs> and you're worried. You're worried about its fucking historical accuracy. <laughs> this, this though, there is a rule of storytelling that says within the story, you've got to integrate some concept of reality, right? In your horror movie or fantasy or sci-fi, you've got to have that moment where like, if a person gets hit in the face, it hurts, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't violate certain rules, even in the most absurd stories. And I feel like this one, you know, okay. The thing's getting kidnapped and sent into another dimension. That's all within the comic book rules. But when they started, when they did the, like, let's make it at Madison square garden and, <laughs> It's got yeah. to be the point of one of those. Uh, what's the What's the one? Remember when Gala- the Galactus recruits a new herald, and it it's it's Peter Parker's aunt. Oh yeah, Aunt May. Uh, yeah, that was a what oh, if. Right. That was a what if, right? No, no, no. That, that was what if. And it no, it wasn't even what if. That was oldie. That was Marvel Team Up. That was the assistant editor. Oh, that's right, line. Marvel Team Up. But it turned out oh, yeah. to be a dream, right? Yeah. It's and like at that, the beginning, yeah. they're like, "It's not. It's not a what if. It's not a right. this." And they're like, "It's really she's going to be." And so you read it, and you're like, "Come on, this can't be." And then at the end, it's just a dream because right. we ate too many Twinkies, which was hilarious. 
Yeah. And they did the golden oldie thing of like, she's the Herald of Galactus. And, and it was, it's, it's a, actually a really funny, good comic, mm-hmm. but they got away with it because it's a dream. And this felt at a certain point, like they were hitting a note of fucking absurdity that it was like, come on guys. Like uh-huh. really, <laughs> you're yeah, not I hear you. like, you just don't care at this point. You don't care about the story. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it became distracting uh, when they're selling the tickets and like you get the promoters backstage. I don't care if they're aliens as long as their money's good. It's like, wait, where did we get? We just went off yeah. the road here. What happened? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we don't need commentary about capitalism. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> whatever. So, uh, all right, Michael, what would you give this? Uh, one out of ten. Ooh, I think the highest I can go is 5.5. Really? That's Yeah, because it's entertaining and it's got some good art, but I, uh, it's just... <laughs> It's a chore, and the fact that I had to read it twice makes it even worse, you know? <laughs> and so. You read it twice, and you still didn't find Spider-Man's end. No, I true. Don't tell you, you read it twice. Uh, Miles Watson, what do you go? One out of ten. I would I would go a little higher. I have the exact same criticisms as Mike L. I would give it a six and a half because I did find it entertaining, and I did want to know how they were going to solve the problem, whether they were going to let the thing do the underdog victory you know, or were the X-Men going to somehow break the barrier and rush the stage or were they going to find a fatal weakness to this champion? I didn't know how they were going to end the story. And I was especially interested in that because they did overflow it earlier and they had the X-Men come in and have a conference and everything. So I was kind of like, okay, they're they're involving the X-Men. I didn't know where the story was going to go. So Mm -hmm. I have to give it props for that. So I decided, you know, I, I think six and a half is okay on this. I found it entertaining, which is a big plus, uh, you know, to anything, no matter how bad it is. But it has a lot of flaws. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, and I want to go higher than both of you. I'm giving it a seven uh, because it, it does have a lot of flaws. It is r- completely ridiculous, but it's ridiculously awesome. And uh, the thing was great in this throughout. And I do like his final, I, I do like the ending, you know, he just doesn't give up and that's a nice little message, you know, keep fighting, keep fighting. Um, but yeah, it was a letdown though. Uh, the fights could have been better. It's a little too crowded, but again, it's so ridiculously weird that I love it. So, uh, I'm giving it, and it's a fun book, you know, like if I was a kid and I saw this, uh, on the newsstand, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm buying the shit out of that book. All those heroes in it and they're, they're punching people. Let's do it. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So there you go. There was some logic to that, to the to the way they um, sold this, so to speak. The the way that they they had the cover and there's a tournament and everything. I just I felt like they came up with a really cool idea, but they executed it in a very sloppy. Yes. Yeah. Clearly, they did. Yeah. Almost <laughs> reckless kind of way. Like reckless, yeah. like they just chucked paint at the wall. Yeah, I'm, and I'm tried guessing to make the, art. DeFalco didn't spend a lot of time on the script. I'm guessing he probably cranked this out over a weekend. You know, right? Or yeah. maybe he, maybe he, maybe Ron Wilson drew it first, right? Like who knows? Yeah. But it, but again, a nice in. ending though. Yeah, a nice ending. So uh, that that saves. It. But uh, I still love it. It's fun. It's goofy. I uh, enjoyed it. All right. Um, so Miles Watson, thanks for joining us again. Next time, maybe you'll come back. The next time, it's my pick. Because uh, I didn't like you didn't get a chance to pick this one, and you say you got a big stash of comic books at home you want to pick something out of. So uh, are you making any progress on deciding what you want to read the next time you're on? I am a little. I uh, I have a stash here, a small stash, but 
I have a much, much, much larger stash at my mom's house in Maryland that my brother and I both put together. And I really want to dig into that, but it sort of depends on what you guys would like. If you were in more of a horrifying kind of comic mood or more of a, hey. you know, multiple well, characters shock, kind of mood. Shocktober oh, yeah. is coming up. <laughs> Shocktober is just around the corner. That's right. I forgot about yeah. Miles, would you like, wait, what say. What would be next week, Michael? That would so be just, your pick. Yeah, just so you know, next week's my pick. The week after that, Shocktober begins. Oh, there you go. All right, Miles Watson. So ne- next time, if you want to be the first week of Shocktober, when it's my turn, then uh, go ahead and pick a horror one or something. Yeah, Because I've already picked an unknown soldier that's a bloodbath that's actually pretty creepy that I think I might have bounced off you about a year ago. And yeah, I remember you mentioning it. it. But yeah. it's definitely worth a read if, if memory serves because it's got some strongly horrific vibes there's like a monster there's a lot of killing it's yeah people drowning in blood it's no joke all right well keep me posted on that and then uh mike l next week it's your pick that's right so i'm sure uh, maybe that maybe this issue will have a spider-man's uh big toe in it funny you should say that because i actually am going to invite back none other than cousin brandon to join us well, we'll see if this happens. Because I know I know you guys don't listen to the LCS show, but we had Cousin Brandon on uh, the LCS show last week to talk about Twilight Zone, and Uh-oh. he was so drunk that oh, he didn't no. make it to 35 minutes. <laughs> and at 35 minutes, he tapped it. He's doing his top 11 Twilight Zone episodes. Uh, by, like, at number 11, he's kind of coherent. By number 8, he's slurring his words very badly. Oh, no. By 4, he's just mumbling incoherently. And at 1, he just tapped out. He just uh. tapped out. So uh, there you go. So maybe he'll show up next week. Maybe. But, uh, so Cousin Brandon here next week. And what will he be discussing? Well, I actually let him pick. And funny enough, he picked Marvel Team Up featuring Spider-Man, number 74, where he meets the not ready for primetime players, oh, a.k.a. Right. the cast of Saturday Night Live. I've never you read will- this. Yeah, I've crazy, never, I've, eh? I've heard of it, but I've never read it. So, yeah, yep. that'll be pretty good then, yeah. You get good. I just sent you the link. It's a good time. Let's just hope he's sober. Yes. Okay. All right. Once again, we want to thank Miles Watson for joining us. Looking forward to seeing you again in two weeks for Shock hey, Go buy his books. Yes. 19books.com, Amazon.com. Go buy Miles Watson. All his books. The Very Dead of Winter is his new book out there. An award winning book already. So, yeah, go buy it. All right, and you can hear every episode of the award-winning podcast, Flea Market Fantasy, <laughs> at www.comicbooksyndicate.com. Each week, we review a different Bronze Age comic. One week, I pick. One week, Mike Dell picks. Sometimes, Cousin Brandon picks. Sometimes, Miles Watson picks. So there you go. <laughs> Until next Tuesday, disperse! How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, how so? Get a little fresh, add some steam, sizzle, and spice. <laughs> Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp. Or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye. Or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.